0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 13th, 2020.
1: The Notivity No Manger.
0: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and Connection Productions presents the all-time greatest collection of nativity Christmas carols. That's right, all together for the first time, 20 recordings that leave out the most important parts of the Christmas story. The collection includes Angels We've Not Heard
1: on High.
0: Don't come, you're not faithful. What child's not this? Mary, you don't know. Don't tell it on a mountain. The First No Tell. Come upon the Midnight Clear and many more. You receive the entire collection for just $19.95. And if you act now, you'll receive for free the bonus pack of Away with the Manger and A Little Town, Not Bethlehem. Is ready to receive your order, just call the number on your screen and be prepared for the greatest notivity collection ever. Please note, this ad is not approved in any of the 50 states nor the District of Columbia. Good morning, Connection Church. Here, home, everywhere. Good <laughs> yeah. morning. You know, that was too locations. good to not
1: run again. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so glad you joined us this morning as we prepare our hearts, minds, and souls for the upcoming celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen amen at home type in amen all caps okay there we go our focus this month has been on what we call the notivity you know what do we lose when certain pieces of the nativity are missing so far we've looked at no angels what happens when there's no angels in the story looked at what happens if there's no Mary no Joseph this morning instead of a way in a manger we're going to talk about a way with the manger no manger
1: well, good morning, connection church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you again so much for joining us here and online. We have, as far as we can tell, 71 households on Facebook Live, and we have about 50 on YouTube. Thank you. We are one church many locations. Just want to give a couple shout outs. Mary Ann and Terry, how are you? We've got Kathy and my brother Dave, hey David, and Penny and Amber and Karen and so, so many others. Mm -hmm. We're so Mm -hmm. thankful for Mm -hmm. each one of you. I'd like to um, pray to get us started. Would you bow your heads wherever you are? Thank you, God, so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we should rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, thank you for your word found in Scripture. And we just want to give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you get started. No,
0: you start, so it's okay. Oh, I get
1: started anyway. I do. But what Mm -hmm. I want to say, hey, do you notice some difference back here? Doesn't it look awesome? Barry has been working really hard, along with Andrew and the rest of our tech team, to have that backdrop. And um, we hope that that uh, just makes it a great environment for it's everybody. It's kind of snowflakey, doesn't it? It's kind of snowflakey. And I decided yeah. I'd get in the Christmas spirit with these this red stuff. So uh, anyway, thanks, Devin, for this. So all right, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child.
0: Okay, so a little background uh, here, a little background, a little history lesson. Gaius Octavius. Say Gaius Octavius. I bet you haven't said that in the last six months, anybody. If online you've said in the last six months, said I have. Okay, Gaius Octavius, this was the name he was born with. When his great-uncle Julius Caesar was assassinated in 44 B.C., Octavius, the adopted son and therefore heir of Julius Caesar, took the name Gaius Julius Caesar. At first, he shared power with Mark Antony and General Marcus Lepidus. But over time, he ruled alone. In 27 B.C., 27 before Christ, the Roman Senate added to his adopted name of Caesar the title Augustus which means divine or majestic as the first and greatest emperor of the Roman Empire he expanded the borders and, and he took particular interest in cultural affairs uh, building temples and theaters and improving the aqueducts and, and supporting the arts it was during his rule the, the of this man the rule of this man that the Uh, Pax Romana, as it's called, which is a period of Roman peace. Pax Romana began a period of relative peace and minimal expansion by the military force.
1: And so this man, Caesar Augustus, ordered a census of the entire Roman Empire. Now, we've just been in a census this year, but little did Caesar Augustus know, little did he know, as he ordered the census, that his actions would help fulfill the Old Testament prophecy, which said that the ruler of Israel would come from Bethlehem. Little did he know that this census would bring Mary and Joseph to Joseph's ancestral hometown to be registered, just as Caesar Augustus had directed. Little did he know that a birth would take place in that little town of Bethlehem. A birth that would change the world. Is there anything that has changed the world as much as that birth? I think not. That would change the world more than any other event in history, including his own rule of the Roman Empire.
0: In the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph went from Nazareth to Bethlehem, But that's about it for the details, a little sparse on the details of the journey. And so we can only speculate about what happened along the way, about how difficult it must have been for a woman who was about to give birth to travel some 80 miles. They didn't have a car, didn't take a train, nor a bus or an Uber or a Lyft, most likely on foot, although we aren't told precisely in the Scriptures their means of travel, even though... Pictures and Christmas cards often show Mary on a donkey. No donkey is mentioned here in the Word. On foot, on foot, when you walk in, and this is actually a pretty good clip, but you walk walking about three miles per hour, a mile every 20 minutes. If 80 miles, that's about 27 hours of walking, not counting stops for soda, snacks in the bathroom. And from what I understand, if she's pregnant, it's probably a lot of bathroom stops. Quite a don't, journey. Don't
1: you remember?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, make sure of my facts here. Yeah. I hate to give out bad facts. That's quite a journey, isn't it? 27 hours, not counting the stops, especially for someone about to give birth.
1: And then they arrive. They arrive. Now, we're not told <laughs> how much time, again, it took to get there nor how much time passed between their arrival and the birth of Mary's baby. I mean, we've kind of made all these assumptions, but we're not really told all that. The fact is we're given very little other than a glimpse of their accommodations. Mm -hmm. Here's what Scripture tells us.
0: Here again, 2nd chapter of Luke, now we're at verses 6 through 7. This is the English Standard Version. And while they were there the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn no place in the inn
1: so that's it that's what we're given no innkeeper no innkeeper's wife like we see in so many children's plays skits, no mention of a stable here, no mention of cattle are lowing, none of that, not a single drummer boy, no word about the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, no mention of sheep yet, that comes later when the shepherds arrive, the star's not even mentioned here. Now the writer shares that in his account of Jesus' birth, with the story of the Magi and the wise men, that's when we get more information from the others.
0: Heard a good one the other day about the innkeeper. You know, we're all kind of innkeepers, aren't we, at Christmas time. Do we have room for Jesus in our inn? That's a good question. So anyway, where do we get this whole stable setting for the birth of the Messiah? Well, basically it comes from two pieces of information that we read in the Bible. One, they laid the baby in a manger, right? And two, there was no place for them in the inn. Let's start with the second, no place in the inn. The question, was there only one inn in this town? Was there only one inn? And if there was more than one, did they check the others to see if there were vacancies Maybe, maybe this was the Bethlehem Budget Inn or the Econo Lodge. It was all they could afford. Did they fail to make reservations? Or did they just forget to have guaranteed late arrival? There's a lot of questions this raises, isn't it? A lot of questions. Did they have a room reserved, but somebody more important showed up? Like we read earlier about the governor, Corrinius, who, who uh, you know, was at his time that this was taking place. Maybe he showed up and they gave him that one room that they hold for somebody special. Who knows? We don't know how much time the emperor gave the people to get their travel plans in order to go for the census, do we? We don't get any of that information. Maybe the town was crowded because a lot of other people were on the same mission as Joseph and Mary going home to Bethlehem to register. And maybe the town was just so overcrowded with people that there was no place to stay. It doesn't tell us anything, does it, except there was no place for them in the... In
1: now, in all of the Christmas stories, in all the skits, the innkeeper kind of starts off tough, telling them, Nope, no place here for you, no room in the inn. And then he perhaps finds out that Mary is with child, and he softens up a little bit and he thinks, Okay, what can I do about this situation? Or maybe the innkeeper's wife comes and says, Are you kidding me?
0: That's most She's likely. Pregnant.
1: Do something. She, she whacked
0: him hard on the arm and, and asked that question. I just
1: added that. We didn't practice that.
0: I know. I know. Sorry. I know.
1: I'm sorry. That poor
0: innkeeper. Pray for that innkeeper. i just
1: like all fired up about pray this. Pray for really. that innkeeper.
0: Gee whiz.
1: Honestly. We just know Get that there's up. no place for them, for the savior of the world, to be born. All this innkeeper stuff, it makes for a nice story but we're just told that there's no place in the inn.
0: And so why a stable? And why, by the way, recent, and, and by the way, recent your scholars have come to the conclusion that the stable back then, well, it doesn't look like even what we have out front here. It was probably cut out of a cave. It's stone, it's a very stony area, most likely cut out of a cave next to the inn or perhaps even underneath, rather than one of these ones that like we have in most of our nativity scenes. Anyway, why a stable? Well, we find it in those five little words. Laid him in a manger. Laid him in a manger. Manger, a feeding trough for animals. And real likely it wasn't what we built the other night. It very likely was out of stone. (coughs) Didn't do a lot of wood begging, although Jesus was a carpenter. Where else could you find a manger but in a stable? Makes sense, right? It's logical. And so they took refuge there when there was no place for them in the inn
1: isn't it ironic isn't it ironic that on one hand we have the greatest emperor of all time caesar augustus and on the other the king of kings the lord of lords the very son of the most high god jesus the christ the messiah the anointed one one lives in luxury and the other is born in a stable. Think about this. Now, there are polls taken. Think about different polls that we've participated in. Just think, if a poll was taken that night, a telephone survey, answer this question or that, what about this simple question in that particular poll on that particular night, here's the question. Who will have a greater impact in history of humankind, Emperor Caesar Augustus, or this little baby born in a stable in a manger? Well, you can be sure that night, with that particular poll, the response would have been overwhelming. Why, of course, Caesar Augustus. And yet, history has shown us completely the opposite.
0: So we get back to the question for the notivity. (laughs) if We take it out. Why the manger? Why the stable? Why not a place fit for a king, a palace, a, a mansion? Why not? I mean, there were those who were looking for such a king, weren't there? A king like the greatest thing in his, king in the history of Israel, a king whose ancestral line the Messiah would come from, a king like King David, <laughs> a warrior king, a, a palace kind of king, a king who walked and talked and lived and acted like a real king, king who kicked tail and took names later, a <laughs> king who would restore the nation of Israel to the greatness that they had once known. A king who by earthly standards was a king a real king why not such a king and that's what many were looking for
1: instead instead what they got was a king born to an unwed mother born in a stable laid in a manger Most likely surrounded by animals. A king whose first visitors were this low socioeconomic group called the shepherds. Hmm. The shepherds. A king that nobody would have guessed was a king at all.
0: So what do we lose if there's no manger, no stable, no animals? Why are these things so important to this story as we know it? Well, quite simply because the king who was born that day, the king who we celebrate, the king whose hands we have placed our very lives in, the king who can take away sin, the king who was born so that he might die so that we might live, the king who is God's own son, the king who gives hope to the hopeless and life to the lifeless and strength to those whose strength is gone. Is not a king in a palace. He's a king in a stable. He's not a king for a mansion. He's a king in a manger.
1: Those in stables serve, and those in palaces expect to be served. Let me say that again. Those in stables serve, but those in palaces expect To be served. And this king. King Jesus said he came to serve not be served. That's a stable kind of king. Not a palace kind of king. That's a king found in a manger not a mansion. Mm -hmm.
0: Serving not being served. Giving not getting. At home. Type in. Give not get. Give not get. Humble not haughty. This is a king who told those who followed him that the first would be last. And the last would be first. That's a king you'll find in a stable, not a palace. Find him in a mansion. I mean, in a manger, not a mansion.
1: This baby born in Bethlehem would work with his hands, following in his father's footstep, a carpenter by trade, until it was time for him to go into ministry. At the age of 30, that's a king that you'll find in a stable, not a palace, a manger, not a mansion.
0: (laughs) This is a baby born in a manger. This baby born in a manger would minister to the likes of prostitutes and tax collectors and fishermen and other common everyday folk. Sinners from all walks of life but especially from those walks that nobody else wanted to walk with. <laughs> That's the kind of king who comes from a stable, not a palace, from a manger, not a mansion. This is a king who came to bring life, not take it away. This is a king who brings freedom, not imprisonment. This is a king who heals rather than hurts. A king who lifts up rather than tears down. This O king will meet us, you and me, right where we are. And more often than not, when he meets us, we're at our lowest, <laughs> not at our highest. More often than not, he meets us in our stables, not in our palaces. He meets us in our mangers, not our mansions.
1: And that's why. That's why this story, the Christmas story, this nativity story makes No sense without the manger. It makes no sense. We need the manger. We need the stable because this is a king who meets us right where we are, right where you are. I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself like feeling some days like I'm sinking. It's like, really? More of this? This distance? It's so hard. I mean, we're even distancing from our family right now so that we can stay healthy Until we get, well, until we get to Christmas, but...
0: (laughs) Through Christmas Eve, anyway. (laughs) Through Christmas Eve, anyway.
1: Oh, my goodness. It's so hard. But the good news is that Jesus meets us in those places. In those spots in our lives that are the hardest. This king meets us right where we are. In the mangers and the stables of our lives. Those places that are so hard. That's where he is. And he comes to bring us hope and salvation only Jesus can bring.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, our question for this morning, both here and online, all of us the question is Do we know this king? Lay in the manger, found in the stable. Do we know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Is he part of your life? <laughs> Has he met you in your manger, in your stable? Has, have you taken up on his offer of salvation? His offer to bring you out of the manger, out of your stable, and to give you new life, new life through him, through Jesus Christ. Have you stopped saying no <laughs> and said yes to the King of Kings? If you've said yes, you ready to say yes at home? Type in Yes. With three exclamation points. Yes. Yes. Have you stopped saying i said yes to the king of kings, to the Lord of lords, the one born in a stable, laid in the manger in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. Today's the day. Today's the day.
1: And so we started today, this morning off in our message, talking about Caesar Augustus it's hard to imagine a child of Caesar Augustus being born in a stable (laughs) and laid in a manger, isn't it? And it's equally as hard to imagine our savior, Jesus the Christ born anywhere else than in a manger. That's Jesus as we know him. Our King of kings, our Lord of lords, the one who came to save us right where we are. He loves us so much right where we are, but wants to just take us one more step and one more step and one more step to realize that life that is like none other. And it's a life with Jesus Christ, a life of peace in the midst of all of this. That's who he is. That's who he is, and that's the good news. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this story. It's, I mean, story sounds like a fairy tale. It's it's like nonfiction. Thank you, God, for the stable, the manger, and the purpose of it to show us that he came for each one of us. No palace, no anything, just in the night. God, you are so good. And we thank you for your presence with us now. Right here on December 13th, 2020, so many people are struggling, so many people are sick. But thank you for meeting us in those stables, those majors of our lives, and carrying us through. Your promise, I will be with you always. Thank you. And God, again, we thank you for that oh Holy Night, as once again we worship your holy name in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware please visit our website at justshowup.church You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692 Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.